welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. Presented by Cape and Cowl Comics. I am Henry Liu. And today is Wednesday, July 25th. San Diego Comic Con 2018 has come and gone. And speaking of Cape and Cowl Comics, Congratulations to Cape and Cowl Comics for being one of the final five in the Best Comics Retailer category at the Eisner Awards. The Eisner Awards are held every year at San Diego Comic-Con. And uh, though Cape and Cowl did not win uh, that award, uh, Cape and Cowl was one of the five nominees, uh, and that is a tremendous honor. So, yeah, once again, congratulations, and I'm super stoked, man. This is my favorite comic store, and what a thrill to see Aton and the gang get nominated uh, for this great, great honor. And speaking of the Eisners, congrats also to the legendary... Dave Gibbons, he was inducted into the Eisner Hall of Fame at the Eisners this year. He is, of course, best known for illustrating the original Watchmen comics. And, uh, man, his work on Watchmen with Alan Moore is uh, phenomenal. It is incredibly influential. So pretty awesome to see that he was inducted. So, like I had mentioned on our last episode, I did not attend Comic-Con 2018. So, uh, it was kind of a weird week for me. This is the first time in several years that I did not go to San Diego. And, uh, man, yeah, it, it was... It was weird. I, I felt empty. I felt a void. <laughs> no question. And um, yeah, I was definitely feeling the FOMO for sure. Um, you know, I got through it. Interesting story, though. <laughs> On uh, Sunday, the last day of SDCC, um, I was kind of like, okay, I just need to get through one more day and then Comic-Con will be over and I should be okay with all this, right? Um, And um, I didn't have a whole lot planned and I saw that there is this big warehouse sale for Adidas in Daly City, California at the Cow Palace. So I went to get, uh, so I went to go check that out and... (laughs) I show up and there's a huge line just to get into the warehouse and um, I was thinking about it I was like man that's a long line and you know I was a little bit on the fence about going in and um, I still went and even after that long line to get in I discovered an even longer line to pay for stuff and again I was sort of debating man do I even want to buy anything because um, it's going to be an even even longer wait uh, to get rung up and again I you know I found some stuff I 
wanted to buy and I did wait in this even longer line and uh, in retrospect I'm thinking you know maybe part of me missed the comic-con experience so much that I had to just find a long line to stand in (laughs) that weekend and uh, so I did (laughs) Uh, yeah the that's how deep my Comic-Con FOMO went. I had to stand I had to stand in line somewhere. And this is a pretty long line, you know. Um those who have never been to San Diego Comic-Con, yes, there are tremendously long lines and there's lines for pretty much anything you can think of. And you know, if you've gone, you can pretty much safely say that the longest lines you have ever stood in were at San Diego Comic-Con. That all said, this Adidas line, the 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 checkout line I'm I was t- uh, talking about, th- this that rivaled uh, a Comic-Con line for sure. I think it took me about an hour uh to pay for my stuff. So it was legit, it was long, and uh yeah, maybe I uh I I got to you know, work out my my comic-con void somehow there yeah okay so this year like i said for the first time in a long time i was a san diego comic-con bystander so i was on the sidelines like the rest of the world you know and uh like the rest of the world I could only experience the convention through the internet, uh, which isn't the worst thing. And uh, there were quite a few trailers that were released at Comic-Con. And uh, that's a common thing, right? Shows and movies drop in trailers for upcoming stuff at the convention and then subsequently um, releasing them on the internet. So, um, I didn't want to go through every single one, but, you know, there are a couple I wanted to bring up. Uh, I definitely wanted to talk about Aquaman. So, Aquaman finally released a trailer. Everyone was wondering, like, where is the Aquaman trailer? I mean, this movie does come out this year, at the end of the year, you know? And before Comic-Con, nothing, you know? A lot of people were wondering what's going on. Is there some sort of problem here? Are they going to push the release back? Uh, does this signal red flags for the movie? Is is this a troubled production? That sort of thing. Uh, in the end, I don't really know what the deal was, but I got to say the trailer looked pretty cool. You know, um, it definitely didn't show any signs of a troubled production, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So it's directed by James Wan, who is primarily known as a horror director, so kind of an interesting choice here. Um, after seeing his first trailer, I, uh, I question why he was chosen for this project even more, because when I heard he was on the project, I thought, oh, maybe they're going for some sort of horror angle or um, 
something a little darker or something, you know, but after seeing the trailer, it really didn't feel like his previous work. And um, I'm most familiar with James Wan through the Conjuring movies. So he directed both Conjuring 1 and 2. And those two movies are scary as hell. I might say the scariest movies I've ever seen. And um, I have seen quite a few horror movies, so that's saying a lot. Super scary. Um, The Aquaman trailer is not scary. (laughs) It's not even that dark. You know, it's very colorful and... Um, There's a lot of eye candy. The aesthetics of this movie do look pretty cool from what I've seen so far. And, um, you know, uh, again, very different from James Wan's previous work. Um, But it does seem like he's he's captured a pretty cool aesthetic here. And, of course, Jason Momoa plays Aquaman. And, um, you know, he's... uh, as charismatic as ever. You know, he seems to be uh, very watchable, very likable. And um, yeah, I'm totally on board for this movie. I'm definitely going to check it out. And uh, after seeing this trailer, I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of stoked. You know, I definitely want to go see it. Um, that's not to say I don't have reservations, but uh, um, I am planning on seeing it for sure. Yeah, the things that I am hesitant on, even though I got to say that Black Manta looks pretty awesome. We do see Black Manta in this trailer, and he does look super cool. Um, Even though there is that, again, the aesthetics. Shit looks cool here, man, Um, including Black Manta. I will say that we really don't get to know any of the villains at all in this trailer like the trailer focuses quite a bit on uh jason momoa as aquaman and um amber heard as well the amber heard character um we don't get to know the villains at all we catch a glimpse of black manta we see the patrick wilson character a bit who is presumably another villain um but i'm super curious because i've said this a lot but villains oftentimes make the movie in terms of a superhero movie, right? Uh, So, yeah, we don't see much of them at all. Um, A lot of questions in my mind, like, are these villains developed? Are they, you know, just sort of cookie-cutter stereotypes? Um, How are the fight scenes? You know, we do see some fighting in this trailer, but it's just mainly Aquaman kind of beating up some henchmen, and we see some uh, aquatic life, you know. <laughs> um, but what are the uh, the superhero versus supervillain battles like? I'm really curious about that sort of thing, and there's really hardly any uh, indication of how that's going to go in this movie, right? You know. We can't see it all in the trailer. We shouldn't see it all in the trailer. Um, but these are the sorts of things that that run through my mind. Another thing that crossed my mind watching the Aquaman trailer is a question that has come up a lot, especially since the release of the Justice League movie. You know, the Justice League movie was 
a bit of a disaster at the box office and certainly it didn't do all that well critically. So a question that came up a lot is how would you fix the DC Extended Universe? You know, around the time of that release, a lot of people were talking, is this the death knell for the DCEU? And everyone had an opinion, you know, here's what I would do to fix DC movies and all that, right? Um, And I'm not going to say, like, here's what I would do. But I will say this, you know, after seeing the Aquaman trailer, I kind of feel like they're on the right path here because in my mind, I don't have like all the answers. I'm not a studio executive. But I've always thought that DC should should not do this whole shared universe thing and, you know, copying Marvel Studios and all that. Um, let that go, you know, um, that's always been my opinion. And it sort of seems like that's what they're going for here in the trailer. There's no indication of, uh, a tie in with other DC superheroes. And, um, you know, from what I've heard, DC entertainment is really going for this. Okay. One step at a time thing, you know, let's make this movie not make it super interconnected and just try to make as good a movie as possible, right? And the other thing I noticed too is the aesthetics of it. You know, I mentioned it looks cool, but um, not only does it look cool, but it's different, you know? It really looks a lot different than past DCEU movies, you know? It looks different than Wonder Woman. It looks different than... Man of Steel and Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad, you know. Uh, So I think, uh, you know, that's a step in the right direction for sure. Like, I understand it. The MCU has been a runaway success. You know, they're making tons of money and everyone loves their movies. Um... I can understand wanting to replicate that success, you know, but I kind of feel like DC Entertainment had their shot and they sort of blew it. So it's time to let that go. You know, Um, I think they kind of blew it because if they went full bore, let's copy Marvel, that would have been one thing, but I kind of felt like they half asked it, you know, the whole thing with, um, doing the big team-up movie, Justice League, before they had all the solo movies released, that's has, that's half-assing it, I think, you know? If you're going to copy Marvel, copy Marvel, you know? They did it in logical succession, you know? They had an Iron Man movie, then Thor, then Captain America, you know, they had a Hulk movie, then they did the team-up, you know? Um... And I remember when Justice League came out, a lot of people were saying, well, they're just kind of doing it their way. They're doing the team-up movie and then the solo movie. It's like, you know, we'll have a Flash solo movie after Justice League. We'll have an Aquaman movie after Justice League. Well, that's one thing, right? 
But again, they were half-assing that too because they had a Man of Steel movie before Justice League. So how does that fit into that equation? You know, they had some solo movies before, some after. It was just kind of a big mess. And uh, if they stuck to some sort of plan, um, maybe it could have worked, that whole shared universe thing. But you can throw that all throw all that out the window now, right? Um, the Justice League movie had some stuff going for it, you know? Um, but ultimately, it was a bit of a disaster, you know? So um, it's time to let go of the shared universe, right? I mean, like I said, it, it's it's tempting to try to duplicate the success of Marvel Studios, but uh, what they did was, uh, you know, incredibly difficult. You know that 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 whole endeavor was, um, you know, a, 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 a big project. You know, um, so pretty tough. You know, and and I think the way DC has to look at it is, well, we took our shot didn't quite work out let's uh try a different approach and like i said it seems like they're kind of going in the right direction here so um you know i'm not gonna sit here and and uh say like oh screw all dc movies from here on out it does seem like they're they're uh, making some changes and um this aquaman trailer uh is uh, reflective of that Okay, so speaking of DC, we also saw a new trailer for Titans. So Titans is a TV show, and uh, there was a trailer released for it also at Comic-Con. So this is pretty interesting. Uh, I watched this trailer, and I had no idea what it was. I didn't know if it was a movie. I didn't know if it was a TV show. I didn't know where I could watch it. <laughs> you know, like nowadays, if there's a movie that's released, um, it doesn't necessarily get released in theaters, right? You know, there's these Netflix exclusive movies. Um, and with TV shows, there are a zillion ways a TV show can get released, right? Uh, so, yeah, I went into this trailer pretty much blind you know i had no idea what it was where i could see it um, all this stuff right um so kind of interesting you know it's a very dark take on the teen titans and um it's kind of infamous now right because um it does have uh, the nightwing character saying fuck batman you know a lot of people have heard of this and um it's pretty shocking, you know, when I first witnessed it, it, it uh, I definitely um, uh, raised an eyebrow, you know, uh, so, yeah, I, I kind of, uh, I kind of admire that, you know, it's very bold, it's uh, something completely different for DC, um, even in movies, DC has never ventured into the R-rated camp, well, there hasn't been any mainstream DC heroes uh, in R-rated movies, yeah. 
so to see this was uh, pretty shocking. And um, that's what, you know, that's when I was kind of like, oh, what is this? <laughs> Where uh, can I see it? It's uh, a TV show called Titans. And interestingly, it's going to release on the DC Universe streaming service. This is a new service upcoming. The price of the service was also announced at Comic-Con, $7.99 a month. Uh, so what can we say here? You know, there has been some criticism. Some people have been saying like, oh, cool, live action Teen Titans show. This should be fun, a la the cartoon, Teen Titans Go, right? And then a lot of people were sort of disappointed to see, oh, they're going for that same old dark emo crap that we saw with BVS and Man of Steel and all that, you know? Um, you know, I don't think I would go so far as to say all that in terms of all that negativity. You know, I think it's kind of refreshing, you know? Like, uh, I think there's room for a show like this. Because I look at the Marvel Netflix shows, you know, um, there are some critics of those shows for sure, but I love them, you know, I, I really love them. And it's just very different because here are superheroes, some pretty mainstream superheroes. Daredevil, you know, he's a, a really well-known superhero and he's doing this TV show that if they released it in the movie theaters, it would be a rated R movie, you know. That's cool. You know, the uh, Marvel Studios movies are not rated R. None of them are. Um, so I, I dig it, man. And I think from that perspective, you know, if I was a, a big DC guy, which I'm not, but if I was, I would be super stoked about this show. I'd be like, hell yeah. You know, this is kind of DC's answer to those Marvel Netflix shows. So I say right on, you know, bring it. You know, I don't know how they're going to end up. And um, the look and feel of it is a little bit, you know, BVS-ish. But at the same time, those movies, none of them were rated R. And this looks a whole lot edgier than those. Uh, so cool, man. That, that's, that's cool. I, I dig it. The only problem I see here is that it's part of this whole new streaming service thing and uh you know i i i'm i'd be surprised if you know if a lot of people end up watching this show because it's yet another service you have to you have to buy right you know i think people are already like okay netflix hulu hbo that's enough <laughs> you know i mean um, it's a lot to ask for, you know, to, to, to like slap on another eight bucks a month just for one show, right? Uh, so maybe we'll see, you know, what else they offer. But I think it's a pretty tall order to ask people to, to sign up, you know, because maybe it's one thing if they release this on Netflix or HBO or whatever. Stuff most people have access to, right? Um, so a lot of people was like, oh, let's tune in and check this out, right? Um, but, yeah, a whole nother new service? That's, I don't know. Especially considering that there's a whole lot of live-action DC content elsewhere. You know, let's say 
there was no other DC TV programming out there. Well, then, hell yeah, you know, like, okay, I can understand that. Like, people are thirsty for DC TV shows. Um, but as it is, they can watch a shitload of DC TV on uh, the CW, right? I mean, Supergirl and Arrow and Flash. Um, shows that a lot of people are happy with, you know, Black Lightning. So I think it's a real tall order. You know, maybe diehards. You know, I mean, you look at someone like me, I would pay to watch the Marvel Netflix shows um, because I see a lot of value in them. It's it's different from the movies, and um, I like them a lot. So, you know, if I was a DC super fan, I, I'd, I might be game for something like this, but man, I, I can't see the average person uh, shelling out the dough for uh for this service so yeah i really think that most people in the world aren't thirsting like crazy for more dc superhero tv shows i mean there are some out there and there are some that people are digging you know but yeah i think what people are thirsting for more so is DC superhero stuff that is rated R, you know? Like I said, there's hardly been any of this stuff in the history of time, you know? Again, with mainstream heroes. I think a big exception would be the Watchmen movie. That's a rated R movie. And uh, it went there, man. It definitely didn't pull any punches, to call the Watchmen mainstream heroes, though. I don't think so. So I think what I'm saying holds. There really has never been any mainstream DC hero project that has been rated R. So uh, something like this holds a lot of appeal, you know? A rated R Teen Titans TV show. That's got a lot of potential. And makes me wonder, too. Maybe the other offerings on this streaming service might be along these same lines. Um... Yeah, I think there's some appeal there. I don't know if it's very widespread appeal, and hence what I'm saying about, you know, I don't know if a lot of people will sign up for this thing. Um, but I think it's cool, you know. Why not? I think um, there's room for that. I've said this before, you know. Like, we're in an age where there's so much superhero shit out there. It's... Uh, it's getting to be a bit much, you know, superhero fatigue is definitely for real. Um, but I think it can work if the offerings are diverse and different, you know. If it's the same shit over and over again, that's one thing. You know, a big complaint about Man of Steel and BVS and Justice League, you know, like, oh man, this is feeling like the same thing over and over. But if you mix it up, man, it can work. I mean, look at the MCU. Their movies are, are so vastly different. Uh, they've really made it work. And um, I've said this a couple times now, but it does seem like DC is sort of moving in that direction now too. And uh, I welcome it, you know. Um, Aquaman does look quite a bit different from Wonder Woman, and that was a whole different 
feel from uh, previous DC movies. Uh, so, amen to that. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry. <laughs>